Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Okay, church, remember where we left off from last week. We spent a good amount of time talking about the hardness of heart concerning riches. We talked about that concerning wealth, concerning money. And we saw, if you remember, it was the rich young ruler. Okay, here's a young man who was very rich. He was a ruler. Some some might believe that he was a son of a Pharisee. The Pharisees were very, very rich at the time. And you have a rich young ruler coming to Jesus, if you recall. But the, the thing that we learned is that this young man's heart had no peace or no fulfillment. He came to Jesus, and if you remember, he comes, and he didn't have that peace, he didn't have that, and he comes and he tells Jesus, I've kept all the commandments, I've kept them all since I was young, I never talked back to any of my friends, I never did, and he's going all and all, on and on and on, and he says, as long as, as far as I could remember, I've done this. But we learned, guys, that being good was not enough. Keeping the law, if you will, was not enough. This man had no peace, no fulfillment in keeping the law. He wasn't good enough. He was not complete. So deep down, remember, we talked about that, that this wasn't enough. He knew deep down it wasn't, and that's why he comes to the Lord and he keeps asking, what am I missing? What am I missing? Well, do the commandments. Well, I did the commandments. I've done them all. I've been really, really nice. Oh, to people who aren't even nice, I've been nice. And what am I missing? And remember what Jesus told him. Jesus comes back and he says, okay, listen, I understand that you've kept your commandments. I understand. I get it that ever since you can remember, you have been good. But if you, Matthew 19, 21 and 22, if you want to be perfect, everybody look at that word. We know that means complete, not you going to, nobody's perfect. He says, but if you want to be perfect, here's what you need to do. Now, what do I say do? Because remember, he kept saying, good teacher, why do you call, what do I have to do? He thought he had to do something. Okay, if you have, if you feel like you have to do something, here's what you need to do. Go and sell what you have and give to the poor. And you'll have treasures in heaven. And then come, here's another do, follow me. That's what you need to do. What do I need to do? I need to go sell all of my possessions. I'm very, very rich. I need to sell it. Take the money, give it to the poor, distribute it to the poor. And then I need to become a disciple. I need to follow Jesus. You guys with me? Notice what happened. But the young man heard that saying, okay, And he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, I want you to put on your thinking caps for just a moment. The hardness of the heart happened as this young man began to possess great riches. The hardness of happened. Somewhere along the line, listen to me, church, the riches began to possess him. You see... We must be careful because it's not wrong for us to have possessions. What's wrong is when the possessions have us. Because what will happen is our heart will begin to become hard to the things of the Lord. We will then sacrifice fellowship. 
We will sacrifice community. We will sacrifice church. We will sacrifice all of these things in the name of money, riches, possessions. I got to have it. I got to have it. I got just a little. How much is enough? Just a little bit more. A little bit more. And, and we see this from Scripture. What happened? How did this young man begin, have a hard heart? How do you know he had a hard heart, Pastor? Because he went away sorrowful. And let me just point this out to you guys in your text. Look at your Bibles. This is the only instance of when someone is declining to follow Jesus after a direct invitation. This is the only time somebody said, no. No. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? He went away sorrowful. Let me see. That word means grieved, sad, to the point of distress. What must I do? Oh. Now, I want to point something out to you guys. I want to point out. Go with me, guys. Go with me. Do you remember the last commandment Jesus spoke? Remember? So let me take you back a little bit. He comes. He comes. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, why do you call me good? And you guys know the story. But then he says, here's the commandments you need to follow. Okay? Here's the commandments you need to follow. Here's what he says. You shall not murder. Got it. Got it. haven't murdered anybody. Well, okay. He says, well, you shall not commit adultery. Commit adultery. I'm not even married. I got it. Got it. You shall not steal. Not a problem. Not a problem. I'm rich. Why would I steal? (laughs) I just buy it. Well, don't bear false witness. Don't need to. Because I'm pretty rich and powerful. Honor your fa- honor my father and mother. Are you kidding me? Of course I do. I do that. And then he says something. Notice what he says. I want you to see this, guys. I want you to see it. He adds this commandment. It's not part of the ten. It's not over in Exodus. What does he say? And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? This is a commandment Jesus gave, and it sums up all of them. Can I get an amen? Let me say it again. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, let's be honest. We love ourselves, don't we? We really do. We really love ourselves. We pamper ourselves. We get up in the morning, we look, and hopefully you brush your teeth and comb your hair and put on deodorant and perfume, and you really love yourself, and that's okay. If you ever were to take a hammer and hit your poor little pinky finger, you know you love yourself because, oh, 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 what's the matter? And, And I get that. But he's saying to love your neighbor as yourself. And I want you to underline this in your Bible. Why? First of all, it wasn't part of the original 10 in Exodus chapter 20. You go, Pastor, I got this. But here's what the Lord is trying to reveal to this young man's heart. You ready? Ooh, it's going to blow you away. Go and sell your stuff. Give the money to the poor and follow me. And he goes, and he he becomes sorrowful. You see, listen, here's why I want to point this out. His unwillingness to sell all that he have and give the money to the poor, what did it show? 
it showed that he did not love his neighbor as himself. Come on, somebody. And you go, okay. Therefore, he hadn't kept all the commandments, did he? All the commandments I kept from... No, no, no. Here's, here's one. It's like when I say, how many of you are liars? And all of you raise your hand and you go, I'm not going to raise my hand. Well, because you don't raise your hand, then you're lying right now. So you just basically committed a lie. How many of you have ever lied? Not me. I'm not going to raise my... Yeah, you did. That's the same point. He's going, you've, com- you've, you've kept all the commandments? Well, then go sell your... Oh. The fact that you're not willing to do this, you just broke the commandment. And what does the Bible say? If we break, if we stumble in one portion of the law, we've broke it all. I wonder if he got it, and that was part of his sorrow. I wonder if he caught it and went. And he goes away. And he goes away. And here's the thing we need to understand. Was the young man saved? He didn't come to Jesus, did he? Here's my prayer. My prayer is that somehow he thought about it. The Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, ministered to him. And and one day he did come to know Jesus. But it doesn't tell us in Scripture. Here's why, church. Listen to me. There are a lot of people who watch online. There are a lot of people who come to church. And they're wrestling with the idea of surrendering their life to God. And when I say wrestling, that's exactly what I mean. They're going back and forth. Oh, yeah, if I get, here's the problem. Here's the problem, Ben. If I give my life to the Lord, then he's going to take everything away, and I'm not going to have any fun because Christians have no fun. I'll lose all my friends, and I won't be able. Yeah, but it's eternal life. No, no, no. I just, no. And you wrestle with that. And you wrestle with that. But the Bible says today is the day of salvation because what happens, listen to me, listen to me, when it comes to a heart, you ready? A lot of times the same sun that melts the wax away hardens the clay. You understand what I'm saying? The same sun that melts the wax where you go, I need Jesus. The more you hear the gospel, the more you hear it, that same sun hardens and eventually you you don't even hear the gospel anymore. You go, what? What? So my prayer is that if anyone is wrestling with the Lord, you make today the day of salvation. You say, yes, Lord. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. You see, nowhere in the gospel does it say, come to Jesus and you have to give up this, you have to cut your hair, you have to look like this, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do this, you have to... He just says, come to me, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. And when he changes you from the inside out, that's when you know you're really saved. But he still uses your boisterous personality. The things you love, he uses that for his glory, just like we saw Saul become Paul. He was still just as zealous. He was only zealous for the right things now. That's the same thing. Oh, I'm not going to be any fun anymore. No, you're going to be fun. It's just that, is that, is that you're going to be, God's going to be glorified in your life. And people are going to be attracted to you that way. So as Jesus doesn't miss a, a, te- a teaching moment, look at verse 26. We talked about this last week. Verse 23, he said, Then Jesus said to his disciples, so he turns to his disciples, he says, Surely I say to you, It's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. 
And I say, and again I say to you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now remember, he's not saying that if you have money that you can't go to heaven. He says it's hard because riches will often produce a hardness to the Lord. They often do. The Bible actually says you can't serve two masters. Which is, what's he talking about? Either God or Money, it's called mammon. You can't serve two men. Either you will be serving one or you won't have, or you to the other, but you can't serve. I can do both. No, no, no. His disciples heard this and they were greatly astonished saying, well, who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and he said, well, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now, again, this stunned the disciples. Because they ask, who can be saved? And of course, the Lord comes back and he says, well, I understand. You can't do your way to heaven. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't be good enough. But with God, he's going to make a way. Listen to me. If you get nothing else out of this sermon, get this. You are saved because of who Jesus is, not because of who you are. Now, he loves you, but your salvation is dependent on what he did on the cross. Now that's where you should rest. (sighs) I rest. Did he know who you were before you got saved? Oh, absolutely. Did he know what kind of a mess up you were before you were saved? Absolutely. Did he know what your heart was like before you got? Absolutely. So what does he do? He goes, I still love him anyway. And because of me, that's what I'm going to save him. And when I save him, then I can change them. My change, the Lord said, is permanent. My behavior modification can fluctuate. You guys know what I'm talking about? It can fluctuate. Depending on if I'm in a good mood or a bad mood or what kind of mood I'm in, it can fluctuate. Oh, I don't feel like serving the Lord today. I don't feel like reading my Bible. It's the same way, is it not? It's, It's like with exercise. You guys know with exercise, what happens? There are times you feel like exercising. I'm going to go to the gym. And there are a lot of days you go, I don't feel like exercising. I'm tired. And then a couple of weeks pass by and you go and look in the mirror and you go, oh, I better go to the gym. And so you go for two days and then you go, okay, I'm good. But with God, he says, with God, all things are possible. Now, your attention, please. What do you think Pete's thinking right now? Because you got to love Peter, right? Put your mindset in Peter. I'm I'm thinking he just heard this, and I wonder, I wonder if Peter's thinking, everybody say thinking, he's thinking this, well, we as the disciples certainly don't have to, we don't have any such hindrances as money or riches or wealth or disciples, right? I don't, in other words, what Pete's thinking is, I don't have that problem. I don't have that problem. How do you know? Well, notice what he says in verse 27. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, See, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? What shall we have? Now, check this out. Peter is very quick to contrast himself with the rich young ruler. You understand, this has just happened. The dialogue had just happened, and Pete's, Pete goes to the Lord, and he's like, 
Lord, I know, I know that um, Stephen over there went away mad because he was very rich, and you told us the story that, that it's harder for a rich man to get to heaven than, than the rest of us. He says, but I've got a question. He goes, um, Lord, we've left everything. See, Lord, I wasn't really rich, but, but I was a fisherman, and I made a good living. I was, that's kind of what I thought. I thought I was going to provide for my family, and then I would pass it on to my kids and whatever it might be. And, but, we, but, we, but we left that. When you said, follow me, I, I followed you. He goes, um, what do we have? What do we have? I think Pete, and I want you to think, and I want you to put your thinking caps on. I think Peter was quick to contrast himself with the rich young ruler. Okay. I see him, he's rich, and what he does, listen, listen, he points to his own self-sacrifice. What does he say? Here's my sacrifice, Lord. I left all, and I followed you. You see Stephen over there, the rich young ruler? Why you call him Stephen? I don't know, just the name. Don't, don't, don't hold me to that. You see Stephen over there? He didn't leave anything. He's not following you, Lord, but, but we are. Can I get an amen? How many of you go, listen, when I gave my life to the Lord, I left a lot of stuff. I left a lot of stuff. Some of it was good. Some of it was bad. But we, we left it. We said, we're going to follow Jesus. We're going to follow Jesus. And so again, I want you to think about this. Pete, what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm contrasting myself. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compare myself. I, I, I want you to see to the rich young ruler. I think there's a teaching moment here. You go, what do you mean? Let's take a moment, guys, and let's look at our hearts. Why? I, I would like, again, is my heart different than Peter's right now? Well, Ben, what do you mean? Let's be honest. Can we be honest in church, Joe? Okay. So, <laughs> so many times... So many times, we have a tendency to compare our lives to other people, whether good or bad. We have a tendency. Come on, people. This, this is our hearts. But most likely, we, like, we um, like Peter, will see that we're not like somebody else and point to our own sacrifice. We'll compare our lives to say, oh, well, well, you know what? They don't read the Bible like I do. Well, you know why, you know why they're struggling in their marriage? Because they're not doing this. I, I do this. You know why they're having trouble here? You know why, they, you know why they're struggling financially? Because they don't give like I give. I don't give 10%. I give 20%. You don't know this, but I do. And we begin to compare our lives with other people. Now, let me say this, because we're going to see Pete someday, okay? I believe that Peter's heart is sincere. I really do. I don't think he was like, well, look at me, Lord. But so many times, guys, if I can be honest, my own heart gives away to my self-righteousness in comparison of others. It does. My own heart does that. 
And I have to take a step back and I have to go, Lord, help me to put myself in their position so that I can come alongside them. And this is what we do, church. We come alongside people and lift them up. We don't compare, we don't compare our, on our own self-righteousness. Think about this. There's a story in the Bible. There's a story in the Bible that just that pulls this out. Think about this. We need to be careful. Because in Luke chapter 18, verses 10 through 13, it says this. Dr. Luke writes, Two men went to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. You guys know the story, the Pharisee and the tax collector, okay? The tax collector people hated. The Pharisee walked around in self-righteous, pious. Yes, I'm the Pharisee. God bless you, my child. The tax collector was hated by everybody. Can you imagine? He felt all eyes on him. They both come to church to pray. Now, come on, church. Come on. I'm not talking about this church, but let's talk about the the worldwide church of God. How many buildings do people come in here and they're dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking sinners and the church looks down on them? Come on. Woo. And, and, and they'll come in looking for hope and we, the church, will turn and... What happens? Notice the story. Notice the story. Notice the story. The Pharisee stood, can you imagine, and prayed thus within himself. I bet it was out loud. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Extortioners. Unjust. Adulterers. Or even like this tax collector. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Let me tell you what I do in case you can't hear. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much raise his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Question, did the Pharisee win the tax collector to Jesus? No. And my heart is quick to do that the longer I walk with the Lord. And I have to take that heart captive and say, no, 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 no. I remember when I was the tax collector. Now, I don't condone this, but I'm not going to brag about about what, what God is doing in me anyway. What I'm going to do is I'm going to try to love this fellow back to life. But we must do this, church. This is what God has called us to do. And so we have to check our hearts often. We have to check our hearts from time. Make sure, listen, make sure that we don't think too much of ourselves. You see, this is the church that God uses. You go, what? It's a church that walks in humility. It's a church that walks in brokenness. It's a church that walks in compassion. Listen, you ready? Never let pride trick you into elevating yourself into something you're not. 
Let me say that again. It's a great quote. Never let pride trick you into elevating yourself into something you're not. We have to guard our hearts. We have to guard our hearts. Reminds me of a story years ago. I had a lady, when I worked at Family Life Radio, had a lady come in, and they attended a different church at the time. And and uh, this lady was visiting a church, and, and one of the ladies who attended this church was very quick to let this other lady know that she was not worthy and how much that this other lady did. Oh, well, I do this, and I have this ministry, and I do this, and I do this, and I do this. And by the way, these are our seats. You don't think it goes on around here, but it does. It does. And this lady proceeded to tell this other lady, and I'm I'm listening to the story, she proceeded to say how big her mansion was going to be by everything that she does for that church. Never let pride trick you into elevating yourself. We're nothing. And when God blesses you and you bless others, just give it back to Him. It's you, Lord. It's you. It's you. Well, why did you give all the women gifts today? Because God, I love God. That's, it's, you, you see, why are you, man, you're very gifted in the piano. You're very gifted in the, in, in, in mu- music. You're very gifted in preaching. You're very gifted in just serving. It's all God. It's all God. And I'm very careful. Listen to me, because we're going to talk about rewards in a minute. I'm very careful to, when people say good things about me, that's my reward. You understand. And I'm very careful to go, no, 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 to honor, praise God. I just say, praise God. Pastor, that was amazing. Well, praise the Lord. Praise God. You understand, right? Everybody, like, because, like, there'll be times I'll be listening to me on the radio, and I'm like, that's good. (laughs) Who? (laughs) I don't even remember saying that. That, like, that guy's really good. It can't be me. (laughs) It can't be me. And then it's another pastor, so never mind. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'll listen to some things that I say on the radio, and I'm just like, wow. That boy thing, he kind of knows what he's talking about. But but I understand. I'm like, it has to be the Lord, doesn't it? It has to be the Lord. You guys understand, coming up here, coming up here, this is holy ground. And if you don't come up with the right attitude and the right, you go, they always ask me, Pastor, do you get nervous? I always get nervous before I come up to, to teach. And you go, why? Because I have to depend on God. And when I begin to pen, now you're going, all this is in your notes? No, everything I'm telling you right here is not in my notes. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that I'm just going, hey, listen, listen, we have to depend. In your life, in your life, you're going to win more people to Jesus as you walk in humility, as you walk in compassion, as you walk in brokenness, the way God taught us to walk. And the moment you cross your arms and say, Lord, I am glad I am not like that person over there, is so what does Jesus do? 
verse 28. So Jesus said to them, Assuredly I say to you, that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will sit on the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Your attention, please. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. You see, there are times when we go, oh, that's us. He's, everything is applicable. Well, you got to take it and understand. That's who he's speaking to right now. He says, the twelve disciples. Well, he said, but Judas hung himself. Well, it's either going to be Paul or Matthias. I don't know who it's going to be, but we know that there's going to be another one. Twelve of them, they're going to be driving that. But then he says this for us, verse 29. And everyone who has left houses, brothers or sisters, father or mother, wife or children, or lands for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Now that's us. That's us. When you gave your life to the Lord, many of you lost or left problems with family. They didn't understand, and they started to distance themselves from you. Especially if you grew up in a very religious background. Very relate. They, they, mm-mm. I don't understand. What did you do? Many of us have left a lot of things for the Lord. A lot of things. And the Lord's like, look, not only that, he says, not only in this life, but in the life to come, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. But keep this in mind. Many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. But he says this to me, and I, want, and I want you to see it. He says, Assuredly I say to you that in the regeneration, do you guys see that? In the regeneration, you can circle that word. It means rebirth. Rebirth. It's palagenesia in the Greek, and it means rebirth. In other words, what's the Lord saying? He says, in the regeneration, in the rebirth. Now, let me just uh, let me just kind of stick a little plug in there. You ready? Jesus, everybody say Jesus, really is the only one who's going to produce the great reset. Or he's the only one who's going to be a better, build back better program. You understand that? Because he just said, when I do this and I'm sitting on the throne, it's going to be amazing. The disciples, they're going to have a special place in the kingdom sitting at the thrones and judging the 12 tribes of Israel. In fact, all who leave their homes, all who leave their relatives, for the Lord's sake, will receive physical blessings that will more than compensate for their loss. Your attention, please. It was 18 years ago. Um, your pastor, feeling like he was called to Lubbock, Texas, loaded up a U-Haul. You understand that? I left everything. I had a single father who raised me from the very beginning because my mother died. I left him. That was hard because as a, as, a, as a child, I wanted to make sure he was okay. I wanted to take care of him. I needed to check on him. But now I'm 300 miles away. I left my friends. I left my church. I left everything that I ever knew to come out here. But here's what God did. He blessed me with you all. And the other day, 
I posted on Facebook, I love my church family because I really do. You understand that? It's like, wow. It's so, it's so cool. So I understand what the Lord says. He says, listen, you left stuff, but you've gained so much more. Oh, Lord, I left my brothers. You've got a lot of brothers here. Lord, I... It's so cool. But not only that, but I have heaven. I have heaven. I have heaven. This is what he's saying. So, for you today, while it might appear that you're giving up everything, think about this. You're going to be given everything, not only here, but eternally. But keep this in mind, it doesn't always mean monetarily. Well, Lord, I gave up. I gave up a well-paying job, and now I'm only making... God says, listen, you're going to be blessed. Trust me. Trust me. It's just having the right perspective. Because the world says you've got to have a big house, you have several cars, you've got to have this, you've got to have that, you have a bank account, you've got to go, you've got to have a yacht, you've got to have a ship, you've got to... The right perspective says all I need is Jesus. And the rest is just bonus. The rest is bonus. You got a car, you got a, You have a shower this morning? I did. Amen. Praise God. In the world, there are a lot of people who haven't showered because they can't. They don't have a place to. They're not privileged to that. Some of you eat breakfast in the morning. I understand that. Some of you don't. I get that. But if you ever had, if you had food yesterday, you're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. So that's what the Lord is saying. He's telling them that, Okay. So he said, listen to me, there's going to be rewards in the kingdom. Everyone who has given up houses and brothers and fathers and children and property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much as return and inherit life. Those are rewards. Then we move to the recognition in the kingdom. Listen, you know this, but Jesus continues this discussion by what? What he always does best. He provides a teaching and of course he uses a parable. Okay, this parable is a parable of a landowner. And we're going to break it down. But it's designed, you ready? To show that while there would be richly rewards, certain equity would still be observed toward later converts and the workmen for his service. Now, I want you to see this. Many times people will take chapter 21 through 16 and talk about salvation. Salvation. It's about service. It's not about salvation. You understand that? Because some people go, well, I got saved back in 1970, whatever. I've been walking with the Lord a long time. I should have great rewards. And this guy was a criminal, and he got saved. We're not talking about that. He's talking about service. So look at verse 1. He says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into the vineyard. Here's the deal, guys. A denarius for a day is basically a day's pay. You got it? So he says, Brother Joe, come on to work. Okay? And I'm going to use Joe because, because there's something in here that's uh, going to apply to him. Joe, come on. I'm, I want you to work 8 o'clock. Hard work, clean living. Let's go to work. I'm going to pay you a day's wage. And Joe says, I'll, I'll be there. Now, Joe showed up at 7.30 because for him, 7.30, anything past 7.30 is late. But he's there. either way, he's there. You understand that? 
Some of you walk in at 20 seconds till you're supposed to be there and you think you're early. Not Joe. Joe leaves the house at 6.45 just so he could be there by 8. <laughs> he says amen. Well, so Joe's working. Joe's working. And um, the owner went out about the third hour and he saw, he saw others standing in the marketplace. And he said to them, you go into the vineyard. And whatever is right, I will give you. What does he mean? He says, I'm going to pay you a day's wage. I'm going to pay you a denarius. So they went. So Joe's working, and he says what? He says he went out a few hours later, and he sees Larry. And Larry's just hanging out at the marketplace. He says, Larry. Yes, sir. Go to work. He's like, okay. And then he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did likewise. And then... He went out at the 11th hour. Guess who he saw? Mike Shaw. Craig. They're just talking. They hadn't worked all day. They hadn't worked all day. And he says, why have you been standing idle all day? That's what I tell Mike all the time. Mike, why are you here? Now, he's doing a great job. If you haven't seen the website, you need to look at it. It's doing great. And he said to them, notice what he says, guys. Because no one has hired us. And he said to them, Mike, Craig, you guys go into the vineyard too. And whatever is right, you will receive. Now, the landowner has hired many workers throughout the day. Some, he had, he had Joe, early morning, hard work, clean living, there you go. And the other ones, late, 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 late in the afternoon. They were too busy on the internet, but they're working now. Now, Here's what I want you to catch. Did I not mention that everyone agreed to the wage? Everyone agreed. They said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Joe, did you agree to a day's wages? Okay. All right. So when evening had come, verse 8, the owner of the vineyard said to the steward, call in the laborers and give them their wages. The beginning, with the beginning, the last to the first. And when those came who were hired at the 11th hour, who are those? Mike Shaw, Craig, they come in. Right, here they come. They got their pay. Here you go, here's a day's wage. Here, Mike, here you go. Now, listen, listen. At this point, you see every, I mean, you think about that. You see, Larry? And Joe, they're looking, going, did you see? They're talking, they're hitting each other now. Did you see what Mike Shaw got paid? He got paid a day. Did you see what? Oh, this is good. This is good. Are you tired? I'm tired. I'm sweaty. Yeah, but you didn't come after me. I've been here since eight. Well, it wasn't my fault. He just came. And so I know what my, my friend Joe is thinking. What's he thinking? Bonus. I'm going to make, I'm going to have, I've been working all day. This is good. This is good. I'm going to get more. I'm going to get more. But when Joe came first, they supposed that they would receive more. But they likewise received a day's wage. And when they had received it, you ready? They, what's that word? Say it again. Say it again. Against the landowner. What did they say? Well, these men have worked only one hour Sorry, Mike. Joe threw you under the bus, bud. Sorry. Yeah. 
and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. Joe said, listen to me. I didn't even have a hat. I'm sweaty. This is not good. This is not good. Think about Jesus. He's telling this story, right? The audience around, you guys, would be agreeing. Okay? You'd be going, that's true. That's true. Uh, Amen. Amen. He said, this is unfair. They should have paid Larry a little bit more, and they should have paid Joe. He's working since 8 o'clock, been here since 30. Should have paid him more. That's what they're thinking. But I want to I want to I want to drop a truth bomb on you. You ready? You go, what's that? When I was reading this, this word just jumped off the page. And you go, what word was that? It says when Joe and his group of men came in and they got paid, what did they do? They complained. They complained against the landowner. Now I want to chat for just a moment. Why? Because I looked up that word, and the Greek word translated complainer means literally, you ready? One who is discontented with his lot in life. And it's akin to the word grumbler. Complaining for the believer is not a fruit of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. Some of us have the gift of complaining. It's not a fruit of the Spirit, but we have that gift. Would you agree? But here's what I want you to see. Here's what it, this is why it jumped out, okay? Because I'm I'm listening to the story. Now, I understand it's about service. This is what Jesus is going for. But that word kept coming up, and, and here's why. Listen, when we complain about everything, it's too hot, it's too cold, it's too bright, it's too dark, it's too do 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 whatever it might be, listen, It is detrimental to the peace and joy and patience that come from the Spirit. Clearly, as believers, the Word of God has challenged us not to grumble or complain. What so? Philippians chapter 2, 14 and 15, reading from the New Living Translation, says this, Do everything without complaining or arguing. Heard one amen. Let's try it again. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Amen. Why? So that no one can criticize you. Live clean. Told you, that's why I picked on Joe. What does he say? Hard work? There you go. Right? Innocent lives as the children of God, shining like the bright lights of the world, full of crooked and perverse people. Guys, do you see that? When we complain as believers, when we complain, we're no different than the world. It's hard. I'm not, I'm not sitting up here going, I'm perfect. I complain a lot of stuff. It just seems like it just comes naturally. We complain about stuff. Well, you know those people. Like, and we just complain. And, and, and here's the word of God. He says, hey, 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 Ben, 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 Ben. Do everything without complaining and arguing. 
You ever tell your kids to do something? And they argue? Why? Yeah, I got a lot of name ins on that. Do everything without. So that no one can criticize you. No one can go, wow. I'll tell you why. Because when God calls us to be obedient, partial obedience is not obedience. And dragging the trash bag through the kitchen while complaining and arguing is not obedience. And yet, that's how we do with God. What concern was it of Joe what Mike or Craig got? Unless he was unless he was discontented with his lot in life. You guys got really quiet. A complaining spirit, listen to me, leads to fighting and quarreling because complaints come from an unfulfilled desire which lead to envy and strife. A complaining spirit leads to fighting and quarreling. When you complain to your spouse and your spouse does not join in with you and agree with you, then you end up fighting with him. Don't you understand? Don't you hear? Aren't you listening to me? You never understand me. You go, well, Ben, I've got a question. Is it okay? Is it okay? Is it okay to complain to God as long as I don't complain about God? What's the answer to that? Why? Come on, somebody. I mean, I'm gonna say it again. I, I I love that feathers answered really good. Yes. Is it okay to complain to God? Because we have complaints, don't we? Well, what about like? But is but is it okay? As long as we don't complain about God. Like, I can't believe he didn't do that. And you go, no, well, here's why. Because really, when we complain to God, we're really complaining about God. Is that deep? Is that heavy? Isn't that true? When Adam was talking to God, and he looked over at Eve and he said, the woman you gave me, he wasn't complaining to, about God, was he? Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Lord, you messed up. You gave me this woman. We're in this fix because of her. Exactly. When we complain, what was that? Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> it's, it's Adam. Adam was complaining about God. Adam didn't realize his own heart. Why? Because he let... Oh, ooh, this is good. This is Holy Spirit stuff, I'm telling you, because I didn't even write this down. Because he allowed pride to think himself better than anyone else. Elevated himself. Well, the woman you gave me. But the, the people complained. Notice what the, Jesus finishes the parable. He says, 
But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for one denarius? Joe, take what's yours and go your way. I wish to give this last man the same as you. It is not lawful for me to do what I want, wish with my own things. Is it not lawful? He's asking a question. Now, here's, here's what's said. He said, or is your eye evil? Everybody circle that word right there, I evil, because I'm good. You can write next to it, sinful, sinful. And then in verse 16, he says, so the last will be first and the first will be last. For many are called, but few are chosen. Listen, the main spiritual truth here is that Christ, that, that Christ is bringing out is that God has the right to deal with his servants as he will, according to their motive for service. This is not about salvation, but about, but about service. Here's the lesson. You ready? Jesus is trying to teach us that God has a right to do what he pleases with us. And he has a right, even though sometimes we have a wrong motive. We're sinful. You go, what do you mean? Well, that's what it means, an evil eye. Let's read it again. He says, he says this, Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? You go, of course. Or are you sinful because I'm good, because I'm blessing? So we're talking about what? Rewards, and we're talking about recognition. But we need to understand, under the sovereign control of God, the land, he's the landowner in the parable. God is the one before whom all accounts will be settled. Settled. Think about what he said. Many who have prominent places will someday find themselves demoted. And many will often find themselves, in the end of the line, will find themselves promoted to the head of the line. How so? He says, so the last will be first, and the first will be last. For many are called, but few are chosen. I want to close our, our story with this, okay? There are going to be rewards in heaven. There are going to be recognition in heaven. But that's not the test. The real test is the test of our hearts. You ready? You go, what does that mean? Our motivation to serve. We should be motivated to serve even when we feel like we don't deserve or we do deserve. Here's what we should do. We should serve the Lord Jesus because we love him and him only. Here's the point. You ready? What the Lord says is, is that whether you're Joe or Larry, or Mike, or Craig, here's what he's telling us. Guys, when it comes to serving the Lord Jesus, would you stay in your own lane? Would you stay in your own lane? And nothing rang truer to me than where, what happened yesterday. I took my wife to be with her dad and came back yesterday, and I'm driving, and I get on, is it I-40 that comes across? I-40, I don't even look at the signs anymore, I just drive, the car knows how to drive back and forth. 
And this green semi, this green semi was not staying in his own lane. And so I'm doing, you know, no. <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing 75, 8, and just trying to get around him. And this green truck is not staying in his own lane. And he's moving pretty fast. And so I realized that, that he's kind of coming over my lane. He's about to clip me from behind. And so I really said, I've got to get away from this guy. And I had to step on the gas and just get far, far away. And the Lord said, you just need to stay in your own lane. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Just keep running your race. I was like, you know. And we got to be careful. Because, because what did he leave us with? He says, we don't, if we're not in our own lane, then we're looking at other people going, well, look, he's not, I'm better than him. Or I'm better than her. Or, or, oh, man, I'm much more righteous than that. Or, listen, I'm going to have a huge... And we're not staying in our own lane. We're looking at what everybody else is doing and elevating ourselves. And we're not staying in our own lane. You ready? That's where we complain. Well, God, why are you blessing that church down the road? Why are you blessing them? I'm a way better preacher than him. Ben, stay in your own lane. Do what I called you to do. Rewards, recognition, don't worry about that. Check your heart. Check your heart. And that's the admonition for us. Check your heart. Amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you today, Lord, for your great love for us. We thank you, Lord, that you are just moving and guiding us, and we just love you so much. And Father, we, we talked about service. We talked about serving you with all of our hearts, but none of that matters if we're not right with you. And so, Lord, I would pray that your Holy Spirit would save your people. And I would ask if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, has never prayed a prayer, has never given their life to you, has never felt that change in their heart, they're not saved. You're not saved. You're not saved, but you want to today. You're ready to be saved. And as a matter of fact, with every eye closed and every head bowed, you're thinking right now, pastor was saying some things and some lights were going on, and I was realizing that I don't even have a relationship with him. I don't even have a relationship with God. I, don't, I feel like I'm a million miles away from God. Listen to me. If that's you today, and you feel like you're a million miles away from God, listen, you're one decision from coming to Jesus today. All you have to do is open up your heart and say yes to him today. And allow him to come inside and change you and move you and save you. We may not have another chance tomorrow, so you need to do it today. You go, Ben, what do I have to do? In a moment, I'm just going to ask you to lift up your hand. And by lifting up your hand, I'm going to acknowledge you and pray for you. I'm going to pray for you specifically. I will say, God bless you. I will see you. I will see you. Everybody else is going to be praying. But by you lifting your hand, you're making that statement to God. God, I want to be saved. I want to be saved. I want Jesus in my life. I want to follow and, 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 and surrender my life to him. And without further ado, if you want to do that right now, if you are not right with God, you're not right today. You know it. The Holy Spirit has been convicting you, and you want to be right with God. You lift your hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want God in my life. Would you, I want him to forgive me. I want, to, I want to join the family of God. Would you do that right now? 
I'm just going to give you an opportunity real quick. Just lift up your hand. God bless you. I see you in the back. Good move. Good move. Very courageous. Anyone else? Anyone else right now saying yes to Jesus? Saying yes to him? Ask him, where am I with you, Lord? Where am I? God bless you. I see you to my right. God bless you. Good move. Good move, guys. Awesome. Awesome. If you lifted up your hand, would you just take a moment? Let's do this really cool. I'm not going to bring you up here. I'm not going to embarrass you, but here's what I want you to do. Will you just stand right where you're at? Just stand right where you're at if you're doing that. Amen. Amen. Stand right where you're at. Amen. If you're standing, just pray this prayer with me. You ready? Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Forgive me. I believe in you. I have messed up my whole life, and I'm ready to surrender today. Your Holy Spirit was speaking to me. So, Lord, I believe right now that you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose again, God, that you're alive and that you're coming back. But, Lord, I need help in this life. I can't do it on my own. I need some guidance. So I'm asking you, Lord, come into my life. Be my Lord, be my God, be my Savior, be my friend. I choose this day, May 8th, to follow you, Jesus, forever I'm yours, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you pray that prayer, we have a Bible and a Bible study guide if you need one. Just say hi. Um, Man, we love you. We're so glad what you did. That's the most amazing thing you could ever do. And here's what God has done. He's come in. He's forgiven you of your past and all that guilt and that junk. And he's come into your heart. And he's going to just change you. And we're going to get to watch it and see. That's amazing. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. Here's what I... Don't forget... Um, grab the baby bottles, fill them up with change, bring them back Father's Day. You guys got a lot of change. Just drop it in there. And uh, we'll make an impact at the Nurturing Center. Um, love you guys. Love you guys. Talia's going to dismiss us after this song. But I love you guys. Happy Mother's Day. Have a great, great. Don't forget tonight right here, we're going to be praying. If you have any prayer requests, please let us know. We'll be praying. Love you guys. Love you guys. Love you guys. Have a great week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.